0: All right, y'all, welcome back to the morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast. We talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. I can promise you that this episode will be 100% (laughs) genuous and genuine. Uh, My last episode, you know, I had my homegirl Kelly on my sore roar. She came through and talked about her story, definitely had a lot of laughs, talked about Beyonce a little bit. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. This episode is special for two reasons. One, I've made it 30 episodes so far. The podcast turned one year old on February 13th of this year. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, So this is the 30th episode. Couldn't be any more grateful to those who have supported, listened and came on and told their stories. But this episode is a special for another reason, actually more important than just the number. I actually have my grandmother on here now my grandmother is not your average grandmother my grandmother I try to keep up uh with her (laughs) she's always fast-paced on the move um my grandmother is also what I you guys heard me talk about her before my one of my only spiritual advisors her name is Mary by the way but of course I'm going to refer to her as grandma throughout the episode but She was one of the first before I even started this podcast. She was one of the first people that I told about it to. I remember I called her up and I said, hey, I got this idea, you know, to start this podcast. And of course, you know, she was in full support. And I told her I wanted her uh, to be on, you know, and not just for any episode, but I wanted her to be on for a milestone episode, which is this episode, episode 30. So, hey, grandma, how are you?
1: I am doing very well today, Spencer.
0: (laughs) How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm definitely glad you decided to come on here. So, Grandma, how's everything been? How you been? How's life? How's everything? How's uh, aerobics? How's health and (laughs) fitness? How's all that stuff?
1: Well, all that is going absolutely great. I am just so... uh, Matter of fact, I taught my class today. I still feel energetic, high, high.
0: Yeah, let's go exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of y'all who don't know, my grandmother is 81 years old, going on 21 years <laughs> old. And when I say that, my grandmother is an aerobics instructor and also indulges in kickboxing here and there. That's what I mean by not your average grandmother. And we're going to get into this later. On October 24th of 2020, when I decided to get my health together, I've been on my journey a little over 840 days now. Uh, My grandmother has definitely been pivotal in uh, the encouragement, the inspiration, and also the diet of uh, helping me with my... um, You know, my health, my workout journey, my health journey, all that other stuff, my weight loss journey. So when you guys hear me talk a lot about health and fitness, well, this is the source right here. So, Grandma, let me ask you something, because I want to ask for my own benefit. Uh, Not even really ask, because I kind of know it already. But I remember you told me a story uh, when it comes to health and fitness, because you brought it up. You had your class today. Uh, I remember you told me about a story about your start in getting your health together many years ago um i think i can't remember all i know you said is my dad was a kid so i don't know what year that was but i remember you briefly telling me a story about you having a scare and a doctor talk to you uh about that can you kind of jog my memory on that
1: sure absolutely i i can tell this story over and over i will never <laughs> forget uh-huh uh, i think i was around the age of uh maybe late thirties and um, I walked to the store, to the Safeway store in deep Washington, DC, where uh, I was raising your dad
2: Mm -hmm. at the time Mm -hmm.
1: and and all the others, six Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. And uh, I leaned down to actually tie my shoe. Mm -hmm. And when I came up, I I had vertigo Mm. and I felt good. It was a beautiful April, Day and it was sun was out and I'm walking to the store. But I, when I came up, I saw vertigo. I couldn't understand what was going on. But by the grace of God, a man walked over to me. I guess he thought I was uh, maybe drunk because <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> I was walking in circles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, "Ma'am, are you okay?" And um, he said, "I said, I don't know what's wrong with me." And uh, I I explained to him what was happening. And he said, oh, let me walk you over here. Just so happened that day on that parking lot, it was the Upshur Street Health Unit. Mm. And he walked me there and the doctor took my blood pressure and he said, you're about to have a stroke. Wow. And back then we didn't have the information we have today. And uh, so stroke, you know, I thought that was like people get, that thing when they 80, 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like late 30s. Um, but then, long story short, wonderful doctors, they gave me medication and um, made me lie down. That's what happened. So I almost had a stroke. And um, I, when I woke up, I felt so much better. I learned later that they gave me um, medication to reduce my blood pressure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I promised them that I would... Uh, Come to the Upshurst Street Clinic the following morning and because they said it was extremely important and I did and I was totally never paid any attention to my weight, Um, you know, never thought about what what I wanted. I ate Mm -hmm. and I learned there that your health is the most one of the most important things you can do for your life. Take care of your health. Whether you're 20, 30, 40, or 50, it doesn't matter. You need to start early.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember uh, from that story, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is the same one, Mm -hmm. where the doctor along the lines said, because my dad was a kid, and he had Mm -hmm. said something like, you might not see your kids grow grow into adults if you don't get yourself together.
1: Well, this was the Mm eye-opener that resonated in my heart. I sat with the doctor and he said, um, he asked, how many children you have? And I said, seven. And he said, uh, who's going to raise your seven children? I said, I am.
3: <laughs> yep.
1: And he said to me, at the rate you're going, you're not going to make it. Wow. And that hit my heart. Mm-hmm. It, just, it was like a revelation.
3: Yeah.
1: And you're talking about scared straight.
3: <laughs>
1: and I left there, and the next week I went back. I had lost 13 pounds. Wow, that part I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the nurses was running all up and down the hall. Oh, she's lost 13 pounds in one week. Yeah. <laughs> so all of that that I I ended up losing approximately 150 pounds.
0: Wow. See that part I didn't know either. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> nah, I didn't know that part. I didn't know that part either.
1: And I started my journey by. I wasn't a aerobic instructor. There was no way in my mind back then I could have ever imagined that I would be a robot constructor. I started my exercise just by walking up and down Georgia Avenue by Banneker High School Mm -hmm. and Howard University on Georgia Avenue. Mm -hmm. I would take the kids. We walk down, walk back. That's how I started my exercise journey. And I started uh, watching eating a lot of I stopped eating a lot of bacon, hot Mm -hmm. dogs, Mm -hmm. different things that elevate your blood pressure
0: yeah because i can remember slightly for those who probably the first time listening in um, i'll talk more about it uh you know a few matter of fact the first episode i have but when i first decided to start on my health journey actually (laughs) when i can't really say i decided like you you know it was a scared straight you know um i was out of work for a while because remember i cut my hand open and i was carrying a weapon for a living, so. You know, I was just at home all day for almost a year and I didn't really pay attention to, um, you know, what I ate. And plus I worked at night, you know, and lack of sleep as well as I'm not, you know, you know, I know you know this as well as I do. But lack of sleep causes weight gain, you know, when you're working overnight. And you know, and I'm you're eating God knows what, (laughs) because at that time of night, the only thing that I open a vending machines is 7-Eleven. So um, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to it, but you know, similar to you, I had that same story. I have, you know, the same situation where the doctor kind of looked at me and was like, Hey, um, (laughs) you're too young for your blood pressure to be the way it is, and this, that, and the third. Long story short, I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and make it. A, let me just go ahead and do it. Because I remember you and I had a conversation. I'm not sure if you remember this, but when COVID-19 started, you know, so many young black men were dying at very high rates. Absolutely. And I remember you were explaining to me, which I didn't know it was a thing at that time, is your blood oxygen. and. Absolutely at that time was when you started teaching me a lot about you know because it's really like genetics too um you know within african-americans especially african-american men you see all these 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 men die at the age of like their mid-40s you know if not younger than that Absolutely. And i remember you were telling me about you know a lot of this because your blood your body ain't got no air in it essentially <laughs> you know <laughs> Absolutely. You you can't breathe and you know i this was before i made my started my journey and, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the doctor looked at me in my face and was like, said the same thing. And I was like, man, she wasn't (laughs) lying, you know? (laughs) So um, I feel like with in anybody when it comes to because, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to like talk about, with you is because I know you're really always been been big on health and fitness is that, you know, a lot of my generation think they're going to live forever you know, by the way. And I was included in it too. Like I could eat what I want. I can do what I want, you know, and with me also, you know, working in a, working at a cemetery a lot, like I see a lot of young people, you know, put in the ground from health related issues, Absolutely. you know? So when you, when I first started mine, the first thing you did was you t- I don't know if you remember this. The first thing you did was show me how to make protein pancakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, <yo>, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember that was the first thing you, sure you, did. you did. Um. So jog my memory again, like food, because I remember you said a few minutes ago, you got off, you know, bacon and like stuff that like makes yeah. your blood pressure high. Like just for my own benefit too, other foods that you feel like, you know, make. That you really shouldn't be eating like that
2: on yeah, a frequent you know, it, basis.
1: It's just that you can have all foods. Mm-hmm. Uh. It, it, you don't want to restrict yourself, but we do have to educate ourselves about what we're eating. Right. And it takes time. It takes study. It takes uh, reading labels. It takes um. It, it takes commitment to I want to feel better. Right. And takes commitment that I want to live, for me, I want to live um, a long, independent life. Mm-hmm. And so what I, when I, back then, when they talked about, but not only that, sodas. Yeah. And I went to the nutritionist. You have to learn. And, and you know, lot, not to criticize, but people just don't know, like I didn't know. That's why I'm very careful about criticizing people. Right. Uh, when they're doing things, when I see them harming their bodies and doing various smoking and doing things, it, it's hard to, it, it's better to encourage than to criticize. Right. And, right. you know, you can always gently speak to people um, the way the nutritionist spoke to me mm. and give them information about what's happening to their what's going on in their bodies yeah. when they do a certain thing like smoking or eating excess salt. Um, when you give them information an, an intelligent person going, it's going to resonate in their brain somewhere.
4: Right.
1: It may not be that particular moment, but eventually it just may, you just may hit two or three people. You may not get them all. So I've learned to encourage uh, rather than to criticize. So what I do, um, uh, because I, I learned that, uh, I just try to. Uh, I actually study about. I'm always looking at nutritional books. I'm always um, looking at. We have Zoom at my church, uh, Body by Christ. Mm-hmm. I listen to uh, Mr. Tate. He has done all the research for us,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I listen to him and. I um the other thing that I do um definitely don't drink sodas. I use water as my um drink. <laughs> right. Yeah and as my drink. And I will put lemon, you know, strawberries, I dress it up. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> through all of that, your health, I you have to be committed to your health. Yeah. To your health. And once you decide that I want to be healthy. I do not want to be on drugs. And I do not want to be, I do not want to be diabetic. I do not know some of these things are, that may happen uh, genetically, but you can push them back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It may not be as devastating to you because years ago, a lot of uh, people didn't have the information they have today.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But we have information today. If you learn about your history, learn about, um, like my family, uh, on my father's side, all of them had heart disease, strokes, different things. You know, it's like a string of the brother is the grandfather, heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So you learn, take time to learn about those things. And you say, and I said to myself, okay, so that's what's going on in my family. Well, you yeah. know
0: what? I'm going to break this chain. <laughs> yeah. No, you 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 brought up two things very important. One, the sodas, because I remember when I was in college, I never really got into alcohol. That was never really my thing. Mm-hmm. Tried it, but that's how I know it's not my thing. Uh-huh. Um, yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: But I had a really big juice and soda issue. Oh. Um, it wasn't uncommon that you would go into my dorm room or my refrigerator and I had like two or three Huge, uh, uh, I can't even say in bottles, uh, containers really <laughs> of Hawaiian punch and stuff, you know. And one of the things that made me get off soda was I remember I came home from the hot, uh, I think I came home for like the holidays or a random weekend or something from college. And then like I saw my dad had lost a lot of weight, you know, and my dad used to have a soda problem mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, from what I remember. And I remember he started telling me, look, you got to let the, you got to ease up on those sodas. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then, so I remember I graduated college and I was like, yeah. I don't... And I remember I went cold turkey off of sodas. Right. And I had the most excruciating migraines for about a week. Yes. <laughs> and I could not under I was like, what you know, and I mean, like, they will wake me up out of my sleep. I didn't even know you could feel a headache in your sleep. Like, and I will wake up with blurry vision and all this other stuff. And I remember I went to the doctor, I was about 21, 22 at the time. And you know, he was saying that sodas are basically a very legal narcotic, <laughs> depending yes, on they are they on are. how much you you consume them. And That was kind of like my wake up call, one of my many first wake up calls (laughs) to get off on, you know, so I never really was in the soda again. Now I do sometimes drink the sparkling waters because I like the carbonated feeling. But, you know, the other thing that you mentioned that I feel like is very, 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 very important is the encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember one time a little while ago, I was with a friend of mine and we were watching uh, what 600 pound life was on TV. And this is when I had already started my workout journey. I think I was like about a year in at this point. And they had made a comment that I felt like was a little insensitive. Was how you allow, how do you allow yourself to get that big? That's just they should be ashamed of themselves. And I said, "Well, wait. Hold on. <laughs> you don't know people's stories. You don't Yeah, okay, they're on TV, they're talking about, but this is a 45 minute episode about someone who's probably in their 40s and it's only a small snippet into their life you know and this person they didn't really have to work out like that because genetically they were physically genetically you can tell that they were they were they were physically superior in the genetics and so like you know you there are people that are like that that they might be unhealthy as all get out But inside, but on the outside, they look like they got it together because of genetics. And, you know, I looked at them. I said, well, you know, I don't think that's really a fair thing to say, you know, because one, you don't know their story. Two, if you allow yourself to get that big, obviously food is the second problem. Your Mm -hmm. mental health is the first, you know, and it's something that, for example, I can remember this particular episode was there was a young woman on there about my age who was about a little over 600 pounds and, you know, she would stress eat and she would, she, she ended up sharing that she was molested as a, as a young girl. And I don't know if it was her father or somebody, some man in the house, but to keep them quiet from telling the rest of the family, Mm -hmm. they would give them McDonald's. Yeah. So, See, she associated the McDonald's with feeling safe. So as her growing into a, a grown, uh, an adult woman that still stuck with her. Yes. The food is the issue, obviously, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get a hold of the mental part first. And that was a, I feel like that's one of the most pivotal things because and part of that is being encouraging, you know, people, you know, it's nice that people like, you know, reach out and they say, oh, man, I'm so glad or happy for you. look great. This, that and the third. But then they ask, hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I, I want to start eating like this. I want to start eating like that. You know, instead of me going, oh, well, I mean, you know, you got to find it yourself. I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. cool. You know, let's go to the gym or let's do this. Let's do that. Whatever. Um, Because I didn't have that. I had a doctor look me in my face and said, hey, look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I took that second chance that God gave me to help other people that are curious about getting, you know, their physical health in order. Now what I have learned, though, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this, is you can only lead a horse to water. Like you can definitely encourage people and help them, but they have to be the ones to want to put in the work to take their health seriously.
1: Well, I agree with you. Um, I'm either one. <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: I teach seniors. Right. And I try to, you know, to tell them, encourage them. Right. Um, they always say, oh, Miss Mary, uh, you're so encouraging. Well, how I encourage is I tell them my story. Right. The, the quickest way to um, to get someone's attention is really what I call tell your testimony.
3: Yeah. <laughs> because
1: a lot of people think that you are always 100 percent all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, she got it going on. He got it going. But people, all people, all people go through something or yeah. want to get rid of something mm-hmm. they may not share with, with everyone. And sometimes it's just bottled up inside.
2: Mm-hmm. So um,
1: I I tell my story. Uh, I say, oh, no, I, I haven't always been like this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how I start. I haven't always been like this. But I'll tell you what I did to help myself and you know you can try it I just leave it like that and yep. I found out if, if they're interested they'll come back. Yeah. And uh, and I also um that's what I call an encourage part, tell my story so they can hear it. Mm. And and I also my doctor told me something once and I said to my I asked him, I said, well, you know sometimes I want to lose more weight and I can I work out hard. And my doctor said something to me uh, that opened my eyes. He said, "Miss um, uh, Bryant, that's my last name." He said,
3: <laughs> "Don't
1: worry about other people." Yeah. He said, "Maybe they haven't been through what you're going through." What yeah. You've been what you're going through or what you have been through. Yeah. So you don't and don't always think because someone smaller than you are, is healthier than you hmm Because you really don't know their story. Yeah. And what he told me this worry about you <laughs> Indian huh. looking and oh, I wish I could be like this person. And but you don't really know their story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I it makes me think about um, you know, aside from Pastor Jenkins, the other pastor I listened to is uh Ralph West.
2: Uh uh-huh.
0: And I was listening about a week ago, I was listening to one of his sermons and uh it was called um uh, the other side of the storm, and he was talking about uh, how sun, and it, it, it kind of relates to this. He was talking about, you know, where you got people that will see other people going through hell and high water, going through storms. And those people will be like, oh, that don't never happen to me. That don't never happen to me. I'm good. I, I don't never. And Ralph West was like, well, maybe because God knew you couldn't handle what they're dealing with. You know, <laughs> and I, I remember I, I I heard that, and I said, man, because how many people we done met that look at another person and they say, oh man, I don't know, I couldn't couldn't be me, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, well, you don't really know what they what they've been through. And the thing, the challenging thing with my age group, with a millennial, is that we grew up with social media,
1: oh, you know?
0: yeah. so with our generations removed like for example like so an example i want to bring up is you know me i'm a history guy you know i love all aspects of history and you know (laughs) it's always surprising to people or other people who aren't really that much in the history for example when they when when it comes out that You know, Dr. King or JFK were all adulterers. Right. And people are like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm like, well, you got to look at the way the media was back then. The media did not share people's personal their personal life with everybody. You know, like the media, everything was different back then. You know, mm-hmm. uh, one of the um, the uh, I just read this one, book. I've been read it about a month ago. It's called Half American. It was about how African-Americans were treated after World War II, coming back to the States. And the African-Americans did not get a lot of the recognition that they deserved because the white media kept that quiet. You know, it was only the black press that were the ones that kind of expressed what, you know, black folks were going with at the time. But of course, the white media dominated at that time. So it was different then. You didn't see a lot of what I remember. uh, (laughs) I think it was Pastor Jenkins. He said that, you know, when I was a kid, we're talking about him. He said when I was a kid, like with technology anyway, is that. Something could have happened to my father and my, or something could have happened to my mom, and my father wouldn't have known about it till he got home that day. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because the way that, but so I bring all that up now is because you see every aspect of people's lives today with social media, with Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. So it creates this other barrier of insecurity where you see someone getting themselves in shape. And a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure you 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 can you can relate to this being you know health in, in health and fitness is that a lot of people don't really show the before on social media anyway. A lot of people don't really show the before how they were. They just boom, they pop out. I got this, you know, I'm I'm healthy, I'm this, that, and the third. So people automatically see that and think that this person is just blood. No, ever like you said, everybody goes through something.
1: It's a struggle. It's you know, you need to sh- Share your struggles sometime. Right. You know um, the thing about you know I love gun smoke. Can I just say this?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I grew up in gun smoke, long range, long, long ranger, mm. and they would kill somebody, and you never saw blood.
3: Mm. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: so it was like. But now, then then the television starts, the story started, you know, revolving around. Then you start seeing, like, on CNIS or whatever story, you see all the blood, the, this. You, I mean, like you said, everything now is on camera. Everything now is exposed. Everything, nothing's mm-hmm. really left to the imagination. Yeah. And some people can't take all of that, the truth of the matter.
4: Right, right.
1: <laughs> so, um... It it's just everything is exposed. There's cameras everywhere. Like you said, Facebook. Uh, I don't get you cannot well, I'll speak personally for me. I don't I look at Facebook sometime. I'm on Facebook, I'll look at it. I don't I do not make it a daily short a daily duty to look at it every day. Um and I'll look at and just wish people a happy birthday. I don't I do not get into all the pictures and the glamour that People show how I looked, how I looked in my bedroom the night before. And all
2: <laughs>
1: I do not get into that. I do not get wrapped up into that. I do like social media because, it's you know, that platform is a great way to start your business, get information out.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's also it's a great platform to get information. Right. But you really have to put boundaries around it. You have to put a limit a time limit on looking at things like that
2: because mm-hmm.
1: um, people get um, it's just human behavior. You just sit there two three hours. Well, to me, two or three hours, I could be reading. I could be, um, you know, doing something about learning about my health,
2: mm-hmm.
1: looking at uh, YouTube about whatever they got up there. Mm-hmm. And or sometimes I just go back to the gym, mm-hmm. my, Time is valuable. Mm. And you need to think that when you're young. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't wait until you get old. Think it What Focus in on you, your health, things that you want to get done. And the one thing that I do want to say, it is a wonderful thing to have a journal. Get a journal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When you're feeling frustrated about your weight or your health or you feel like you can't um, well you know I'm tired of water or I' want <laughs> my soda or whatever
3: it yeah is. Mm-hmm.
1: get a journal and get a piece of paper mm-hmm. and a pencil not the cell phone
3: yeah. yeah get a
1: book write down how you are actually feeling at that moment I'm frustrated I'm mad I went off my program I'll get the writing writing and I get it out
3: yeah yeah
1: and I promise everyone that's listening to this podcast you go back two weeks and read that what what you read what you wrote and you will say to yourself wow was i feeling like that
0: in in the last episode my friend kelly talked about that last episode is called the prayer book and she talks about how you know things that she desires and she she prays about she writes them down And when those things come to fruition, she can go back and look at her her prayer book or some people will call it a journal, whatever have you, tomato, tomato. And, you know, she could be like, wow, like, you know, this this happened like because I wrote this down. I manifested it. I know Morgan. She has a journal. And, you know, you kind of like brought up something that, you know, kind of getting away from the health and fitness sort of yeah. is, you know, the the reading the the journaling. Mm-hmm. Um I never really I I'm, you know me. I have always I I I like Mark Twain said, I'll never let my schooling get in the way of my education. School got on my nerves but I always loved learning. <laughs> so <laughs> uh I always listen received information through audiobooks, right? Ever since in a lot of it when I used to do them, remember when I first started my voice acting career like I narrated a lot of audiobooks. So that Kind of got me into it. So I saw this is convenient. You know, I can drive in the car, listen to an audio book. I can do this. I can do that. And remember that book, you got me the audio book, atomic habits by James clear. Uh, I referenced that in the first episode of this podcast, by the way, great book. If anybody ever wants to go read it, well, yeah, read it because that's the point that I'm about to make. Is <laughs> that you know I'm listening to it in the car and I'm in the gym and it's that in the third and I'm like oh wait what did he say that I'm rewinding? So I remember when Morgan and I met, she that I well the first time that I I think I can't remember all the way either. She told me she read it or I saw the book at her apartment, but either way we both found out that we knew of the book. I said oh man cool you know James James Clear Atomic Habits whatever. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, it was such a great book. I just loved how he talked about X, Y, and Z. And I was like, wait, when did he talk about that? And then so she (laughs) was like, well, he talked about it in chapters such and such. She (laughs) read it. She physically read it. I just listened to it in audio format. And she goes, Oh, so you didn't read the book? I said, Well, I mean, in a sense, like I listened to it on tape, you know, like I do the rest of the books that I listen to on tape. And she goes, Oh, yeah, no, I'm really, you know, I like the I'll never forget it. She said, I like the feeling of a book in my hand. Yes. And I, you know, I'm like, whatever. She's like, How are you gonna be in a history but you don't like reading? I was like, cuz I don't had a time. To sit down and this, that, and the third, and da-da-da. She was like, Well, when you were working at Arlington Cemetery as a historian, how did you learn all this stuff? I said, I recorded the trainer talking, I just listened (laughs) to her on my phone. That's what I did. Like, yeah, they gave us a physical script, but I was like, I'm not reading that. That's too much to read. And she was like, Well, you don't like reading. And I was like, Yeah, I just don't have the time. And so she started talking and she was like, Well, it's probably you don't like reading because you were, you know, when you were in college, you were because I'm an English history major. Uh, And she goes, you probably were forced to read stuff that you didn't care to read. And I was like, yeah, true. She was like, well, I guarantee you that you would probably like it better if you physically read something that you enjoyed. So I said, okay, all right, I'll try it. So I went and bought the hardcover version of the autobiography Mm -hmm. of Malcolm X, who I've always looked at, you know, in high regard. Um, for what he stood for, and I'm like, man, this I'll never forget. I opened up the Amazon box. I looked how thick it was. I was like,
3: man, this is a lot of
0: stuff. <laughs> I got through that book in a week. <laughs> Almost 500 pages. I could not take my eyes off of it, and I learned. And this is getting back to your point is that I've learned that journaling, reading, sitting down mm-hmm. makes you focus more on what you're doing versus you're not on the phone. You're not on social media. You're not on, you know, and Morgan teases me a lot because I read that one book physically. Now I already know everything to know about Malcolm X. I didn't listen to all of his speeches on YouTube and all this other stuff, but I never sat down to physically read about who he was and what he stood for and what he really believed and now i don't know i probably got 40 50 books now <laughs> like just like a tower of them because i've Whoa. always got a book in my hand because i've learned that sitting down and sitting it,
2: down.
0: It, it 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 you it you take it in differently it's a distraction from the stresses of life it takes you away from what you're thinking about because you have no you can't you know you and you and me are both gym people you can't lift weights and read at the same time no so (laughs) you have to physically be sitting down
1: well speaking of reading um i don't know whether you probably i've talked to you about this but your dad and other kids know your uncles know and your aunt when i was when they were small i did not work but I always enjoyed reading Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and actually reading put me in another world Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I didn't have money to go anywhere. Right. I would read national geographic psychology today per Mason, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: all the, um, I was even reading comic books. Um, (laughs) reading, um, really takes you places that you may not ever go. Right. But it makes, it makes you feel that you're there. Yeah. And uh, while you were talking, I wrote back here. And wow, this is old. (laughs) This is back in nineteen ninety five when I really started journaling. I was four years old. (laughs) Boy, you weren't even born.
0: Yeah, I was four years (laughs) old. And
1: I wrote down here. A bucket list of Mm -hmm. all the places that I wanted to go. Had no clue how I was going to get there. Didn't have the money. No, I just wrote it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this is what will help you. I wrote that bucket list was to go to California, Las Vegas, <laughs> go to Europe. I mean, go to Paris, go to Hawaii.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what else did I want to go to Paris, Hawaii, Alaska. Do mm-hmm. you know I've been to every one of those places?
0: Yeah, I know, you know, it's unfortunate what's going on there now, but I remember you went to Ukraine. you oh, we went to
1: the Ukraine. I didn't yeah. write that at the time. Uh, never knew I would be going on mission trips. But yeah. at that time, I was reading National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And the kid when the kids would lie down and they go to bed, I put them down for a nap. I would read and I would always order them books. I wanted my kids to learn how to read to read. For some reason, it was this in me. Mm-hmm. My kids need to know how to read. Mm-hmm. They need to understand reading before they go to school,
4: right?
2: Yeah. And
1: I would order the little eggs and ham, books and little <laughs> puzzles, and you
2: mm-hmm. get them in a,
1: a, a you get them once a month, and and I would sit down, and uh, they would be doing that, and I would be reading my Perry Mason and all the psychology books and magazine, really, and and national. I really used to love National Geographic. And I wrote down those different places, and God has allowed me to go there. Now, yeah. when I so what I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say, like you, reading really, really helps you. It quiets you down. You really begin to notice what you like. Learn you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: learn you, learn about you, mm-hmm. and you find out what you like, what you don't like, what you tolerate. Uh, then you be, you begin to put boundaries around your life. There are certain things I remember years ago, just from reading i will, I'm not doing that. yeah those are boundaries to keep me safe, boundaries um, to help me uh, reach my goal in life, mm. things I wanted to do. And when you read, it really really um helps you and but I also love reading um biographies of other people.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite.
1: Yo, they changes, it changed my life a lot. A mm. lot of biographies i read, yeah. and um, and one of them years ago was Ali Cola. He was the one that bought the Ford. Um, you know, was going down. It was about to close. He then they hired this young guy Ali Cola, and I read his biography.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was a, I was maybe in my that helped me, believe it or not, to helped me with my weight loss. I read how he did that. He went from, he didn't go to the big bosses up top to try to learn how to bring the Ford Motor Company back. Mm. He went down to the basement, mm. to the people who swept the floors. And he humbled himself. And he learned from them how, what they did, what they didn't do. How do you do this? What do you, what's required for you to do that? And it was almost like it was like telling me about my weight. I don't know how I connected that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. somehow I connected that together about learning bottom, go to the bottom. I knew I couldn't lose the 150 pounds, you know, like overnight. So what do I need to do? And that book helped me. And it his biography helped me. And it brought the Ford Motor Company back on top. Mm. And I said he didn't start with the big bosses. He went to the people uh, that was doing sweeping the floors, who was cleaning the bathrooms, what 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 do you need to help you make your job better? Yeah. So I started looking about weight loss what do I need to learn? Do I I, I can't do? I mean, 150 pounds, man. Ooh, mm. <laughs>
0: yeah, that number I've lost like maybe 60, and that um, was <laughs> like so 150. I could not even imagine
1: what me, uh 100. yeah. Most
0: people yeah. can't
1: lose two pounds,
2: yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: I said, now what do I need? I know what I need to do. I need to just start small. Yeah. I need to just cut this back, cut the back. So what I'm saying, biographies really will help you. People really reveal. Most people who have made it in life, what you call made it, you know, names that you yeah. hear. They really want to tell their story. Yeah. And yep. generally they're honest and true. So read biographies, they're helpful. But I also have a scripture, if I can say this. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. On, this, um, this,
0: uh, this isn't the radio. This is my okay. stuff. This is my project. You can say okay. whatever you want. Well,
1: the one thing... <laughs> The one thing, uh, the scripture that I, I love is Habakkuk 33.3, 3, where God said, write the vision, write it. Whatever your vision is, write it. Mm-hmm. And I once I learned that scripture and studied it, Jeremiah 33.3, 3, write the vision. It will come plain to you. You will see it. And if I had the time, I could tell you everything Everything I wrote down has come to pass. Wow. And I had no idea how I was going to get there. Yeah. So write it. Write the vision. It's something about a pad and a pencil. Yeah. It deals with uh not straight you too much, but deals with finances. If you don't know how to manage your money, get a book, mm-hmm. get a book, get a paper and a piece of pencil. And write.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Malcolm X, he says, read as many pages as you can. You might get an idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And even though I listen to the audiobook version, but uh-huh. the book that you got me, the uh, J- Atomic Habits by James Clear, that is one of the main inspirations that led me to start this podcast uh-huh. because. I'm not going too much into it, but I can remember one of the things he talked about was sim- kind of similar to what he didn't really talk about his spirituality in that book, if you remember. But one of the things he talked about was if you have a goal, if you have an idea, the longer you wait to start it, the, 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 the likelihood of it never happening. And I started thinking about this podcast part of the reason is because you know i'm a storyteller i love telling stories i love hearing stories Um, and my old co-workers when i worked at night we would sit on post all day and i would just keep everybody entertained They was like man you need to start like a podcast i'm like i ain't doing that but i kept hearing everybody say it you know i kept hearing everybody say it i remember you got me this that book and i said okay i'll listen and i remember i was driving to the radio station listening to it and that's kind of when the light bulb just went off, you know, and I didn't even though I didn't write it down, I still kept it in my mind. Just how that scripture you just said, Uh, you know, but one of my favorite scriptures, of course, a lot of people probably know is Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, You know, for I know the plans that I have for you, say the Lord. And I guess God always knew I love making people laugh. I love making people feel good. I love telling stories. And what better way to do that? than to start a podcast. So I started mm-hmm. thinking, well, man, I, I can't do 30 episodes of me just telling my story. So like I, the people are gonna get tired of that. So I started thinking all of these people that I know very well, some that I don't, all of them are doing amazing things, but all of them have a story that led up to it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So yeah, that scripture you just read, it, it, it resonates because, you know, words have meaning, words have power, but I never really i always took advantage i always took that for granted because i just eh, I don't want to but you know i've learned it's like for example you know today african americans have uh, a very hard time closing the wealth gap for you know the rest of america mm-hmm. and you know you always hear about it and everybody you talks about the present problem And I just finished reading that book, Half American, where it said part of the reason where that started is when African American soldiers came back home or African American people came back home after World War II, they were being denied loans, they were being denied mortgages, they were being denied housing. And but white people were not. So that is part of the one of the main reasons why I never knew that, but I would have (laughs) never knew that if I didn't crack open a book, you know. And it's funny. Now that like I've developed a love for words, like people, because grandma, I never went to a bookstore. Like I, I never, I went, love books. I, I love. never went to a bookstore. It's to the point now where there's a young woman at the bookstore I go to now. Like she knows me by name, and she'll say, "Hey, we just got this in. We just got that that in." I said, "Oh, okay, cool," you know. And the the stories that are told, both fiction and nonfiction. I was reading another book the other day. Uh, It was a fictional book written by Grady Hendrix called How to Sell a Haunted House. It was like a funny story, uh, but it had a lot of meaning in it. And a part of the uh, not going too much into detail with it. uh, A very short plot is the fact that it was like a brother and sister who never got along. Their whole lives. Their parents die in a car crash, they're fighting over the house to sell it, this, that, and the third. The house ends up being haunted. But <laughs> because of what they went through to sell the house, now they have the best relationship they've ever had in their lives. You know, yeah. way more to the story than that. But I'm just saying, you know, I it I bring that up because you ever watch a good movie and it's a plot twist, and yes. you're like, Oh my god, I got that reading a book. <laughs> <I got that. laughs> I didn't know. I'm sitting there reading a book and I literally said, oh my God, like reading a book, I would have never. So you're right. And it puts you, the imagination, the mind is a powerful thing. It puts you in a place, you know, that you never thought you would be. Absolutely. It gives you the power of imagination. But Segueing into something else I'm glad that you brought up maybe I should have made you the host for this episode because you're the (laughs) one that's covering all this stuff so the truth of the uh, matter I could go on and on oh I I, for people who are listening they don't know that our conversations will be two plus hours (laughs) you know so for listening purposes we're going to try to like you know save people that but you know people did I want people to know that this is not just something. That where this is the first time we're talking like, no, we would have hours long conversations. But one of the things that I wanted that you and I'm glad you brought it up because I did want to save it for last is you brought up that scripture. And I want people to because I talk of 29 episodes or well, 30 episodes in now, but the previous 29 episodes that I've done somewhere, some way, somehow I've mentioned either god himself or my relationship with god and you know people always people who do listen on the regular they're like oh man it's so good that you you know have a relationship it's so nice how you talk well a lot of people don't know where a lot of how my relationship with god started and that is you (laughs) um i remember as the i can't remember the exact date but the first time remember when uh for those of y'all who don't know uh, my grandmother and I are members at the church that every black person in PG County goes to <laughs> first uh, First Baptist church of uh, Glen Arden. Uh, but we're old school though. We were going to that church when they were still off of um, when they were in the old heckingers. I mean, they technically, they still are, but uh, when they built the ministry center, uh, not sorry, not the, the worship center um, in Upper Marlboro. I remember I was 16 years old. And I remember I can't remember what the service was about, but I do remember that like at the altar call. I walked down there. And to be honest with you, I don't know why I walked down there. I don't remember why I walked down there. And it was so intimidating walking down because I was the first day that worship center opened. So it was packed house, standing room only. And I'm walking down. And I remember we were sitting on the second tier. Yes. this had to be the 12 o'clock service had to be. I don't know. But. (laughs) We were sitting on the second tier and I remember I said, man, I'm gonna walk down there. And I remember I got to the, po- to, to the altar and I happened to just turn around and look at me and saw all these people in that church. And I said, what am I doing? <laughs> and I was a kid back then, you know, and I remember, you know, after you do that, they take you in the back and you talk to a counselor and they ask you, you know, why you want to give your life to God. And all and like I said, I was a kid. This is 2007. I wasn't even out of high school yet. You were one of the main. When I rededicated my life, March 13th of 2016, that is a day I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. You were one of the first people that I called because I went through a very traumatic experience literally the night before. That was so traumatizing the next day. I said, you know what? No, I can't do this. (laughs) I can't live this type of lifestyle no more. And I'm, I'm telling this story for a reason, because I want people to further understand the relationship that you and I have is I remember I called you. I said, man, grandma, I had a I got this issue. I got these issues. And I, you know, what I mean, da, 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 whatever. And I never forget. You said, well, Spencer, look, as much as I would like to help you, I'm a woman. You're a young man the advice that I can give you will not resonate with you because you're a man and I'm a woman. So what you need to do is get advice from men. And that was when you introduced me to the class at the church, men connecting with Christ. And that entire thing changed (laughs) my outlook. That was where I learned religion and relationship are two different things.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know,
0: I didn't know that I just thought, You know, that you meet God and you have to live this perfect life like Christ did and this, that and the third. And if not, you're banished to hell forever. Like that's religion. But when I attended that class and the minister broke down, I never forget every it was every Monday morning at 10 a.m. And I was in that class for about six months Mm -hmm. and we would go around and I was the youngest one in there and. It would be men. I thought it was a class that would be like full of a bunch of men my age. No, it was people. I, th- I think there was a guy that was in his 90s in there. And I remember we every Monday morning, we would start the class and we would all go around the class and just talk about how our previous week has been. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember there was a particular gentleman who. You know, don't remember his name. I definitely remember his story where he had kind of got himself into a situation and he was embarrassed. And, you know, I had never been expressive about my personal life until I took that class. And I remember the minister said to him, he goes, Stop, don't see yourself in your answer, but try to see God in your answer. And that right there, changed everything so with all that being said I want people to know a little bit about you know your spiritual walk and what you've learned and you know the same wisdom that you've passed down to me you can share with others
1: well what I would say um I gave my life um, I I actually my story is almost similar to yours just (laughs) I was so much younger for some reason uh, I belonged to a church uh, in in D.C. at that time and I was like twelve years old, and and I was on the junior usher boards, you know, on the choir, and I went to church, and the the pastor opened, uh, as they called, the doors of the church, calling the people to come to Christ. I don't know what happened. All I know, I walked up there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized. I went to, afterwards. I went to Sunday school. I, I, uh, you know, back then that was what you did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now you know back in the day my mother it wasn't no excuse you, you had to get your clothes wet <laughs> on Saturday night to go to church <laughs> on Sunday no excuses Yeah. You, you better make sure your stuff is ready uh-huh. and um, and that's what I did you know and I did that all through my life going to church other kids you know and sending them to Sunday school with their little quarter 10 cent whatever <laughs> and um uh, But I never had a, I thought I had a relationship with Jesus. I thought I did. And, um, but one day I went through some trauma. I was like around about the time when I was in my late thirties, I went through some issues and tried to work it out myself. I was a sort of an independent kind of spirit person. I didn't want to worry people about my problems. I want to keep everything to myself, which is a bad thing to do. But you do have to be careful who you share things with. But I didn't want to worry people. I I just said that, well, I don't want people to worry. I'll just do it on my own. But God taught me. He was really, he loves me. I really want to help you, (laughs) Mary, if you allow me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So finally, one. it took about six Five or six, something that I had been trying to handle for three or four years never would come to end. And one day, I just just got fed up, (laughs) and I just really actually got on my knees, and I said, "God, you can have it. I'm done.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I, I I have done everything. I know what to do.
0: I've seen that movie before. And he
1: was waiting for me, and I remember." You hear this voice. He said, that's what I've been wanting you to do. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. Well, actually, right after that, everything I had been trying to handle things for three, four years and 30 days, he finishes, he finished it for me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he gave me ideas, you know, like do this, do that and do that. I said, wow, I never thought about that.
2: Mm-hmm. I never thought
1: about that, never. And it was over in 30 days. Mm. That changed my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so now, I un- from that point on, I understood when he said, I love you, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to come out of that independent, I can do it myself, know everything attitude.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when you succumb to him and say, Jesus, you you got me. <laughs> I'm tired. So then the thing to get to, the thing I've learned, you have to know, it's like having a friendship. Yep. You're dating mm-hmm. someone, you learn their character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're dating someone over a period of years, you begin to know what they like, don't like. You know, they. You, know, you begin to know they like butter pecan ice cream like I do. Uh, you begin to realize that. So it's like with Jesus. You learn, you read. That's the importance of reading the word of God. It begins to speak to you individually. The character and what he did and why he did it, how he did it, and what he likes and what he doesn't like. Then you begin to have a friendship with
0: him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've learned and am learning. Um, I said I said this on several episodes before, but I just say it again because I love the quote. I don't know who said it, but religion says, I'm in trouble, my mm-hmm. father's gonna kill me. Relationship mm-hmm. says I'm in I'm in trouble, I need to call my father. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started this walk, one of my big things was, well, how do I hear God? Like, (laughs) you know, because I'm thinking like because I'm new to it. I'm thinking like, oh, what what, was this is like a a deep voice that talks like Like, I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) And, you know, so I'm like, man, this is you know, this is this is annoying. This is I'm getting frustrated. But one of the things that I've learned with like you just said, I'm glad you used the dating analogy because it's unique with every person Mm -hmm. that or it Every person has their own unique relationship with God and what I've learned with me specifically and one of my biggest challenges was learning like how do I know God is talking to me is he talks to me through other people
1: you can he does that also
0: you know and. I was, I talked to Morgan about this all the time. And, you know, I've, I've told her this story before, but this is an example of what I mean about how, like, that was absolutely God himself. I was going through a tough time a few months ago during the summer and I was uh, moving out of my place, my last <laughs> place. And I remember I was sweeping up and the storage guy, the not the storage guys, the movers were in there, really nice guys. And, you know, I'm sweeping. It's a true story. I, I, I'm i sweeping up, you know, my empty bedroom and I'm just like, man, you know, this is a crazy time. Da, 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 whatever. I was having all these internal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, you know, insecurity, being negative, whatever, like, man, what's next? And I remember one of the one of the movers, his name was Devonte Harris. I'll never forget his name. Never met this guy. This guy never met me. And I remember the whole they were there for about an hour and a half. We probably said maybe like two or three things to each other because, you know, they're moving stuff in and out. And I'm sweeping up my bedroom and he comes in there right now. I'm like, why is he in here? There's nothing to move. It's empty. And he goes, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And I said, "Uh, I'm good. And he closes the door (laughs) when it's just me and him. Now, he didn't know I had my weapon on my side, but I'm like, what is about to happen? Because I'm like, why are you coming in here? Why are you closing the door? <laughs> and he looks at me and oh, I got I, back, I got to backtrack before that. I was wearing it's during the summertime, so I'm wearing like a tank top. And he looks mm-hmm. at me, he said, man, you know, you look real good. Are you like a football player? You know, you look like you work out. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not a football player. I kind of just, you know, had a little health scare a couple of years ago, decided, you know, take my health seriously, whatever, you know. So he goes, man, I wish I could wear stuff like that, man. I'm too frail. I'm too skinny. And I'm like, man, look, you know, you can get there, whatever. That was it. He moves. I, I, he goes his separate way. I go mine. So I'm in my bedroom. Fast forward to him walking in there. He goes, hey, man, can I talk to you for a second? And I said, OK. And he closed the door. And, oh, and he locks it, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like, what's up? And he's like, you know, man, I know I don't know you. I know you don't know me. I don't really know what you're going through. But are you a believing man? And I was like, am I a believing man? And he was like, yeah, do you do you believe in God? I said, yeah. You know, (laughs) I was like, why is he asking me this? He goes, man, well, look, you know, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I have a gift where I can hear from God directly. And I don't know what you're going through, but whatever you're going through, it's gonna be okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that would have freaked me out when I first rededicated my life to God, because I wouldn't have known what that was. I'm like, wait, how does this guy know? And I said, Huh? And he goes, Man, I don't know what you're going through, but I know you know, if you're a believing man, then that means you're a praying man and God hears you. Yes, he does. And this guy did not know me from Adam, did not know me from a can of didn't know me at all, but walks in and says this and he goes, man, everything's going to be all right. And that was summer of last year. And although there have been some bumps and obstacles in the way, I'm fine. I'm still good. I'm still blessed, you know. And to me, that is what relationship is. Yes. And Morgan, I'm not going to put her business out there because she's an avid listener to this. so I'm not going to say too much, but I was over her place the other day and she's just stressed about certain things, you know, just about life issues. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said a third, whatever. And you know how you know how Pastor Jenkins makes a makes jokes about uh the first lady and he goes, Yeah, whenever I want something, I ask uh, First Lady Trina to pray for me because God answers her before he answers me. Yeah. That's who I feel like Morgan is, because like- the stuff that be happening to her, we're literally in her kitchen and she's, you know, just kind of upset about certain things or whatever, and she gets an email. From some, some from an organization that she had been waiting to hear back from, I'm not going to say what it is. And her anxiety just went through the roof, even that she goes, Oh my gosh, whatever, what are they going to say? And I ended up opening up the email for, her, and it was exactly what she wanted to hear. And I said, Morgan, I don't want you, I don't want it to be lost on you that this is how God's timing is. <laughs> yeah. He's perfect. He's perfect. right. That not the next day, not the day before, not even, you know, next week. Right there, mm. you know, and to me, that's what I've had to learn is that because, you know, and biblically, you know, we we there's prophets, you yes. know, there. I know Ralph Web, Pastor West was talking about this. You have he said, man, I would way rather be a priest than a prophet. Because priests, you know, you can go out there and this, that, and the third. But prophets, they, I'm not one. I know I'm not one. And he's right. It's a its a word that's very loosely thrown around. But to me, I felt like with my specific situation, when I was moving out and sweeping, that guy comes in. To me, mm-hmm. that was no doubt without a prophet. Because how did this guy know? Yeah. He could have came in there and said, hey, man, we got everything moved. You got it, whatever. And the thing about him also that stuck out is nothing about him said religion or spirituality. He was just a regular mover guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wearing a regular uniform. He was playing with my dog for a little bit. And, and, and we were talking about health and fitness. He didn't break. That right there was an intimate moment. Yeah, it was. I was talking to somebody physically. But even to right now, when stuff gets a little, eh, I think about situations like that.
1: If whatever you're thinking, that's what you are becoming because your brain, your thinking is going to lead, is taking you wherever it's going. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about doing better, if you're thinking about your weight, your health, you're going to start getting better. It starts up here. You started that early up in the day. Yeah. You made up your mind up in here that I'm Mm -hmm. going home and I'm going to cook a healthy meal. And I promise you, if you do that, that thinking takes you to the kitchen. Yeah. So uh, that's like what that's why he said. Whatever you're thinking, that's what you're becoming. Yep. And if you want to do good, treat people right, and you want your life better, and sometimes, you know, people blame. I understand some people are raised so much worse than others, and it's sad. Um, I had a lady yesterday tell a story. She she taught at Lawton for 16 years. She Mm -hmm. taught reading. And you'd be surprised at the younger people, she said, that were in Lawton didn't know how to read. So parents didn't press, they were born in environments that no one pressed them to go to school, no one pressed them to read, and then it was just kicked and tossed around just to get them out the system. And she was so surprised that she she actually, I and mean, she taught in the criminal division, um, and I, and people asked her later, on, this is a story, you should give them the past, you know, history. And she said, I learned from that 16 years, everyone is not raised equally. And so she learned also, this is why, you know, you have compassion for people, but not to the point where you let them walk over you. It's boundaries that you have, you've got to keep them. But she said she never was afraid because she said, actually I was more afraid in high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she taught at Largo and then kids disrespectful. But when she got to Lawton, they respected her as yeah. a teacher. Because they were really there to learn, they had opened their eyes to learning. Yeah, and they didn't have parents backing them up, pulling them. And if they acted crazy in that room, they knew they weren't coming back. She did a great thing. That the hurts her the gist of her story was, her experiences at Lorton taught her that everyone really do not even into this day don't know how to read. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, and when you get like that, Spencer, when you feel the blessings that God has given you, you've got to have compassion for people. Yeah. Because then I say to myself, that could be me.
3: Yeah, easily.
1: You could be in the Ukraine. Yeah. You could be, you know, anywhere, you know, but God's spared you. You know, you know, they're criminals and all you ain't gonna let everybody just come in your house. But don't be so critical about when you read all this stuff in the newspaper
3: yeah you wait till you
1: hear the whole story yeah or, or wait I, I just it just makes me mad when i hear uh whether well, it's white black whatever whatever ah, 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 but you don't know the whole story
3: yeah nobody the, does
1: uh, the newspaper is drama because you know the thing about it, you must understand people are going through things they got issues they got problems mm-hmm. they have sickness they are caregivers they are um and especially people my age they're caring for grandchildren Sometimes their parents have dementia. There's all sorts of things that are going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And this is why uh, 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 in the Old Testament, God says, the devil is roaming around Mm -hmm. looking for who he can devour.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: All people all over the world are going through the same thing. Yep. Yep. Famine, earthquakes, death. Yeah. Yeah. and I and I do pray, I pray for people around the world, but I do believe you can still make it in this world with God. So this is why you can't get mad, jealous, envious of people. No. That is one of the one day you need to have someone talk about that envious and jealousy will take you down. Looking at people, why I don't have why they got it. But the yeah. truth of the matter, would you be willing to go through what they went through to get what they got?
3: That's yeah. exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. When someone um I remember when I pledged my fraternity and I finished and pledging my fraternity was probably one of the hardest challenges I've ever accomplished. Um, Somebody at one of my big bros asked me afterwards. He said if someone was like a fortune teller or something and showed you what you would have had to go through to get to this point you would you have done it? <laughs> I was like absolutely not. I would not have done that. No, you
1: wouldn't.
3: Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, but you
1: get mad. You get mad, and you know they look at people, movie stars. You don't even have to be a movie star. Mm -hmm. And they, you said, "How she? How they do that? I ain't got it." Well, guess what? Would you be willing, like I did? Yep. To to work two jobs for twenty years? Yeah. Would you be willing to travel from home, be away from home three weeks? You got kids. You got to come back home. Would you be willing to do all that, go to school,
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know,
1: leave the happy hour alone for a while,
2: (laughs) you know, would you be
1: willing to give up all of that to get to here? Right. Answer that question.
0: And most likely it'll be no, because no. especially with my generation and my dad used to say this all the time and I was a kid, I really didn't pay much mind to it. But being 32 years old now, I get it. Is that y'all talking about my generation saying that we want everything handed to us, <laughs> you know, and. No struggle. Yeah, yeah. No struggle. And I um. So when I think about, you know, with me being on the radio now and I've dreamed of doing that since I was in high school, ask that question again. If someone showed you a, a, a fortune teller or, or, or a ball to look into your future when you were 17 years old and say you want to be on a radio, would you have gone through what you went through? Most likely, no. No, no,
3: no, <laughs> yeah, no. So, All this
1: stuff, all that disappointment, this, that, the, you know, you were doing the readings and the job, all this. Mm-hmm. People don't like to feel one of the worst things in the world is rejection.
0: Rejection.
2: Yeah.
1: Rejection. Yep. If you can learn how to get over rejection, you gonna be okay in life. Yeah. But it takes it may take you, you know. But I'm talking about when people get feel rejected years and years.
3: Yeah. They
1: don't know how to move on.
3: Yeah. Uh, you are gonna have
1: a little disappointment when you feel rejected, but yeah. I'm talking about people that stay there. Unforgiveness. That 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 unforgiveness. I've been through so much that I could sit here and tell you, uh, um, so many, um, beautiful stories. They it, it started off stressful for me, mm-hmm. but when I learned to have a relationship with Jesus, it changed mm-hmm. things. Those stories ended up being something that I learned. It was a purpose. It grew me. And people don't like to hear, well, grow me. I don't want to go through anything.
3: <laughs> yeah. But guess yeah.
1: what you're going through it, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You probably like have Jesus on your side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: keep on living is what they say. Yeah, just
1: keep on living. Just keep on living. It is <laughs> another scripture that I really, really. During my
2: 33,
1: three. He says, call to me. and Let me read it because I don't want to. This is the new well in different versions of the Bible, but this is the new King James. Mm -hmm. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Mm. That's it right there.
0: That's a whole sermon by itself.
1: (laughs) Things that you do not know, he will tell you. I'm not gonna get in details, but last year I something the the federal government said out some money back $10,000. And I said, now I know this is not true.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: and uh, I was like frustrated and I didn't say anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to learn. Go go to him. Yeah. And I said, and now I'll tell you, because uh, I know he hears me and I want to make sure that uh, he gets the glory for it. I prayed and I asked God to give me a counselor who was godly
2: mm-hmm.
1: before I started anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, give me someone, God, that will show me and understand and take the time to look at the records right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't share it with anyone. I didn't get on the telephone and whine and cry. I just called on him. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I said, to God, now you know <laughs> yeah, I just talked to him just like I talked to you, Spencer.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. I think sometimes that's why people have a difficult time. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. looking for a human being.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: but when you when he gets resonated here, change your heart, you know he hears you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit hears, hears you. And I ask God, I said, we will, I always repeat to him what he said. Mm-hmm. You know how we tell people, Well, I know what you said. You know, <laughs> well, that's what I tell Jesus. You, you said this in during my 33 three
2: three. Mm-hmm.
1: If I call on you, you will give me an answer. <laughs> and
2: yeah.
1: then, believe it or not, a, a woman called me. Mm. And we talked. She was, I don't know whether she was God or not, but she talked. So sweet and nice. She helped me. She wiped that slate clean just like that. $10,000. Wow. Now that's the truth. So, and there are other stories I could tell you what God has told me just by um, this scripture during my 33.3. Yeah. I call on him about my health. I said, God, show me. Mm-hmm. Show me what's wrong with me. Yeah. And I ask him to lead me to a doctor that's, that's concerned about me. Help me pick the right doctor. Uh, help me show me what I need to do. Show me um, you know, I do that even about picking paint. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: I'll
1: well, go means. in the store and I'll say, God, is this I mean, is this really what I need? Mm-hmm. I do that by spending my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put clothes, I love shopping.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll put my love fitness clothes. Mm. And I like to look good and when I teach <laughs> and uh, I go in the stores, I put things into the cart, and then I look at it and I said, God, do I really need this? And the Holy Spirit tells me, No, yep, I say, You're absolutely right, Yeah. I take it and I go put half that stuff back,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: half of it back, not all. I put some. <laughs>
1: I put most of it. Back. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, is the relationship, yeah, that you have with Him because He said. Jesus said, uh, I think it was in uh, John 26, he says, I've got to go away, but I'm going to give you a helper. Yeah. I'm going to leave you a helper.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that helper resonates here. And if you ask, he'll direct your path. I'll talk to him. Should I go this way? Mm-hmm. Should I go that way? And if you're the thing about having a relationship with Jesus, you, you have to be quiet. Yeah. You can't not listen to too many people. You just have to know that, hey, when people tell you do things, and go to the Word and see what He has to say about it. This is the truth because people have. I've learned over the years, people don't tell you their whole story.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you touched on so many points, especially with the one where, you know, the your story with the with the with the 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 Feds and the ten thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like again, this is. Part of relationship, I feel like, is um, me relating to that is, uh, you know, the story with my hand. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I never cared about my health. I never this, but I wanted to. I would do the whole yo-yo working out thing. Like, I would start working out and then I would stop. And what I mean, start, I mean like a week and then I I would stop and, you know, and I would end up beating myself up about it because I'm like, it'd be six months later. I'm like, man, only if I was consistent Mm -hmm. and I had asked. You know, y'all. I was like, man. Well, you know, what do I do? Like, you know, I just really want to. Because, you know, again, we all have our own different ways of, of 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 talking to Christ, and I feel like that's what people miss is they think that you have to talk to them a certain way at a certain mm-hmm. time of day. faith, you know. And it's like you could be in a car, in the shower, Absolutely. you know. And like my thoughts with my way, you know, talking to Christ is like sometimes I. You know, talk to him directly. Sometimes it's just my thoughts. I can remember yeah. a pastor that came to Glenard and I think is a Doctor Philip Pointer, and he said that he, uh, he um yeah he was a guest at, at First Baptist, but I think he's out a Little Rock, Arkansas, and he has said that uh you know so y'all y'all have better praying lives than me, and then people are like, well, what do you mean? He goes, y'all can sit down and say uh, uh 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 god i need help but he said sometimes i don't even have that sometimes i just go oh, and that's my <laughs> prayer right there <laughs> he said that that's my prayer right there just you know and i and it made me feel better cuz i'm like man i'm like that so when it came to like my health like sometimes i wouldn't say well what do i got to do i'd just be thinking to myself like man i really need to get it together so you know i messed up my hand cut my hand open was out of yes, work yes, all this mm-hmm. and I ended up getting this $19,000 medical bill for a finger. <laughs> right. And, you know, and that was with the doctor giving me a break. Like, you know, and I uh, got this $19,000 medical bill. And I'm just freaked. I'm like, how am I going to? I already got student loans. I already got other stuff. Like, how am I going to deal with this? You know, and then I had my health scare with my hand, you know, where the doctor was like, Hey, look, you got to do something. So I started, you know, doing what I had to do in, in on my journey. Then I go to the mailbox and I see from the medical place, Hey, your bills coming up, got to make a payment. So I'm like, oh, there it goes oh, right there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, let me just get this out the way. And I'm driving to my part-time job. I'll never forget this. And I call the place, I call the bill, the medical, the bill office or whatever. I say, hey, you know, my name is Spencer Bryan. I'm calling to, you know, make a payment. She goes, okay, all right, well, what's your account number? And I give her my account number. And she goes, okay, uh, can you repeat it again? And I repeated it again. She goes, are you sure that's your account number? I said, yeah, I'm looking right at it, you know. And she goes, okay, is your is your last name Spencer? Or is your first name? Spencer? I said, no, first name Spencer, last name, Brian. And she said, Well, when did you have surgery at Georgetown Hospital? I said, Well, August, whatever, whatever. I don't know. She goes, Well, we we can't, I can't find anything. I, I don't, I was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm in traffic, so I got time to do what you gotta do because I gotta make this payment. And I remember she goes, she comes back on the phone and she goes, let I gotta get, I'm gonna t- let you talk to my supervisor. So the woman comes on the phone, nice woman, and she goes, hey, Mr. Brian, hey, you know, uh, we're having, you know, we can't we can't find, you know, this, that and the third, we can't find it. Like, we'll we'll find it that we'll give you a call back, you know, in no more than 30 days. And, you know, we'll you could start your payment then. That was three years ago. To this day, I have not heard anything.
1: He's amazing.
0: If I didn't cut my hand open, that wouldn't have led me to go to the doctors at all. If I didn't go to the doctors and really the hand was it was no issue. Like that was just a matter of connecting some tendons and little physical therapy here and there. But my accident with my hand led me to talking to a doctor that led me to another specialist. Mm -hmm. And if I did not have that situation with my hand, I would have never started taking my health seriously.
1: Yes, it's 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 he always what for me personally. He knows just what you need Mm -hmm. to open your eyes, your -hmm. particular eyes. He knows exactly how to change your mind.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. I remember.
1: uh, He knows you better. He created you. He knows you better than anyone else. Better than your own mother. Yeah. Mm Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh. Pastor Jenkins, I remember one time, I think it was past, I I don't know, I listened to about four or five pastors. One of them had said, look, I'll have my parents mad at me. I'll have my teachers mad at me. I'll have my kids mad at me. But what you don't want is when God to finally lose his patience. (laughs) That's what you don't want. Like, you know, because if he loses his patience. You know, it's still going to be for your good. Yes. But all the little things he was trying to show you that aren't working. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now I have to resort to this. That I feel like is the part that's lost on people.
1: You, you know, know. It, it, for me, I speak for myself. There are a lot of things I had to do 10 times over,
2: mm-hmm. 10
1: times over and over until I got it. When mm-hmm. I look back on my life, I said, well, golly, all I had to do was just, when he goes and, you know, all the scriptures is true. Yep. And he said, do this, do that.
3: Yeah. It's right there. So,
1: yeah. You go. You look back. <laughs> he knows how. To, he said, well, okay, you didn't get it this time. So we're just going to have to work on it. And you just go back and you just go back. <laughs> like like a child. Charles Meyer says, you go back around that mountain 10 times
2: yep. Yep. until
1: you get it. And My- it's so much easier to get it the first time, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I tell people and I'm not going to go too much into it, but I was talking to a friend of mine the other day at the gym about karma. And, you know, to me, karma is not you purposely doing something horrible to somebody. and Then later that day you get a flat tire. That's, right. that's just an inconvenience. To me, when what I believe what true karma is, is The same thing you did to somebody is the same thing that happens to you. Yes. And the only thing, person, whatever you want to call it, the only the only person that has any type of ability to cause the same harm to you that you that you inflicted on somebody else is God himself. And that's not that's not to as a punishment. No, You know, and I tell people not going into the story, but part of me rededicated my life to Christ on March 13th of 2016 at 1258 a.m. was karma. And that was the first and only time I've ever felt what karma really feels like. And I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, uh, not going through this again. So when the when pastor, I'm pretty sure Jenkins said, you don't want God mad at you. That is an absolute fact. <laughs> you know, and,
1: and, and you know, it's just it's almost like, just think about your friend. I, I think I won't, would, I wouldn't want my best friend mad with me.
3: Yeah. Yep.
1: And and when you think like that in terms like that, well, you know, you try to keep the relationship open,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and, and I must confess, I, there was a time I, several times in my life, I was mad with God, Yeah, you know, but he patiently waited and mm-hmm. showed me yep. how you didn't, you know, he, he still gave me comfort.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I understood. He eventually answered. He may not answer you right away, but I just feel like you could ask him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And
1: I have asked him to give me peace. Mm-hmm. And he has done that. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And most people, I mean, you know, they have it up here. But when you, for me, when I speak it, I I seem to get more relief.
3: Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm really talking to my friend. Yeah. And there, like I said, there are so many situations and I've asked God questions uh, and he has actually answered my question
2: mm-hmm.
1: immediately, mm-hmm. instantly. There were other times he didn't answer it right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the times, if I can tell you, I, I had a blood clot and didn't know it. I, I traveled a lot when I worked, and um, this may be somebody made me. I don't know why the Holy Spirit put this in my brain, but maybe uh, someone needs to hear this mm-hmm. today. I, I traveled a lot, and I wasn't aware. And this is, you know, we don't know, knowledge is important uh, about flying and making sure you're hydrated and make sure you're not wearing tight garments. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, around your ankles and your, you know, putting indentions in your legs. That's as important. When you're flying, you need to be loosely clothed. Clothing, and I wasn't wearing compression socks and I flew to Kansas and, uh, but I had some, what they call, women called knee highs, not all stockings, women. (laughs) But they hurt, somehow or another, anyway, they became tight Mm. and I took them off at the airport. I said, oh, this is awful. And I remember throwing them in the trash. Well, I went on to work on my assignment. I stayed in Kansas City for a whole week. And, uh, and I, I worked out. I actually worked out. And then I came home and then one day I noticed that I had a swelling in my right calf. And, and uh, it would only get like when I first get up in the morning, it was swell. And, um, but then at night I would lie down. My, that ankle would go down. And I and I went to a um, podiatrist. Like mm. I said, I believe in going to check on things. I don't assume anything about my body. Yeah. And so I checked on it, and she said she thought I had tendinitis. And I said to myself, "Well, I don't, tendinitis is painful. I wasn't. I didn't have any pain. I only had swelling. And I, but I kept on working out. I just kept yep. on doing my thing. And then." Um, I was, like I said, you. for me, it's quietness. I remember lying in the bed on, in a, on July, July, I'll just forget, July at first. And I just kept puzzling. I, I was scheduled to go get an x-ray on my calf, but I just I had the radio off. I didn't have no music, no TV. Then I actually asked God, going back to Jeremiah 33.3, 3, I asked God to show me what was wrong with my leg. Mm. I heard him say, go to Providence Hospital. Mm. I went to Providence Hospital. I couldn't believe it when they told me I had a blood clot. They, they took me to the triage and they did my blood pressure. All that was great. And I said, well, but they sent me up, you know, to do further examination to keep it short. They ended up telling me I had a blood clot. And wow. I stayed in that hospital seven days. So these things, you know, all these experiences that I'm talking about, it definitely draws you. You And when you journal uh, what God did for you, you journal it, and then you begin to trust him more, and you just keep on trusting him more and more. Mm. And you look back and you say, oh, God, that's right, he did do that. And then you'll begin to trust him for other things. And yep. he, he literally answered my question in a matter of a blink of an eye. He said, go to Providence Hospital. And I went and I did. Mm. I, I listened to what he said. I was obedient. And I went and I ended up in hospital seven days. Mm. Saved my life. So he wasn't said uh, he wasn't ready to for me to come to him that day. Yeah. <laughs> you got a little bit more time here. So yeah. to to the Providence hospital. Yeah. And that's what I did. So that's my relationship with him. And I I just talk to him when I'm by myself. I'm in the car. And people find their own way. But as you said earlier in your conversation, sometimes I just say help. Yep. <laughs> sometimes I, I don't have to, he doesn't, you don't have to pray a whole hour. Sometimes. Yeah. When right. I'm in the car, I got to keep my eyes open. Yeah. And certain things going on. I said, Jesus, help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I get lost, or uh, I mean, before I got my GPS car.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're looking at the I'm map quest and and I know,
1: god show me i'm lost
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so ask I could,
1: for help he wants to hear from you
0: yeah yeah and i think the moral of this conversation is the you know uh, so people can see or hear rather you know how our relationship is but more importantly the fact that you know you having a relationship with god is not this scheduled calendar type of lifestyle that you should that you have to live you know and i i say this also too because i i gotta throw my parents in it for credit as well one of the things that i don't like when i hear people say oh you were forced and you were forced to you know i mean that's what you were trained to think my parents never forced us to go to church they didn't my dad says all the time when you get to when you got to be a thinking age or however he said it, I hope that you follow in this on this path. I hope that you follow, you know, this way of life. But you're a grown man, you know. Now don't get me wrong, they 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 brought us to church, like because you know, maybe we were too young to stay home for by ourselves or yeah. you know, whatever. But it was never like sh- it was never like you know, like they say, forced upon.
1: When you mm-hmm. deal with people one on one, you learn a lot about people. Yep. Not, I'm not talking. You know, in the crowd, people, but people in a crowd, they can, you know, profess things and I love Jesus and and they, can, I mean, some people can quote the word, memorize. I can't memorize the scriptures like I used to. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, they can pray for a whole hour, two hours. Mm-hmm. But what I like. My discernment, I need to deal with you one on one. Yeah. If I have a one-on-one with you, and you prayed a, you prayed and prayed for three hours, but then when I talk with you personally, or we have a, a deal or uh exchange of something, and you don't give me my money back and you don't say anything. <laughs> Then you know I'm not saying that you're not saved, but I will be questioning it.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: you
1: know
4: before I get so I'm,
1: I'm just saying <laughs> no, I uh, know uh, you know one on one if I you I give you some money you say I'm gonna pay you back and I, then you avoid me. <laughs> i'm not gonna bother you i'm not going for i am going to forgive you yeah in my heart you can have it but yeah. it will really make me question whether you truly know jesus
3: yeah and
0: before i now i feel like we're, i don't want neither one of us to get in trouble talking i want certain folks <laughs> but I learned that lesson a couple of years ago where it was someone I went to high school with and this person just the, the Jeremiah 1817 and and then Leviticus da, 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 and I would see all this on social media and I'm like, oh okay, till I had a one-on-one conversation with them. And I'm like, wow, you're really a horrible person. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say anything to them. I didn't say, you know, you're a terror. I just said, wow, social media is something else. Like you <laughs> can really portray yourself to be. And I had this conversation with them and they were of the opposite sex. Yeah. And I just remember one thing I said also to myself, I said, I can't imagine coming home to this every day. Right? <laughs> So, but they can they can quote the Bible front to back, but you're 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 a terrible person. So,
3: the no
1: very, matter of fact, be there are imposters.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give and me and you
1: uh, carry your live your life. Yeah, I always wanted to treat people. I treat. I try to treat my. I do my best to treat people how I want to be treated. Yep. When yeah. you live, when you really. When you when you commit to that, people really good people gather around you, and you'll be able to. I I know the more you learn about Jesus, the more you'll be able to discern people's hearts. Yes, to there discern is. their behavior, to yes. discern, uh, you know whether you can trust them or not. Yep. It will be revealed. Yeah. Because the more you have a relationship with with the Holy Spirit, the more He will reveal things to you.
0: Uh, you met Morgan at Christmas, and um, one of the things that made me go, okay, this is something that I can probably you know deal with is the fact that I've met people both of opposite sex and same sex in the past, no matter the relationship, work, romance, whatever, where I've noticed they've only treated me well, but mm-hmm. they treat everybody else horribly. Yeah, yeah, Morgan. I know the first Thing one of the things that I noticed at first, where I said, Okay, this is this is different, is where she not only treated me well, but treats everybody well.
1: You have to watch those things,
0: and my relationship with God was the thing that made me open my eyes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, uh, not just in a romantic aspect, but you know, just people, you know, what I mean, you see how they treat you and how they talk, but you know, because pe- people. What I've learned, and I know you know this, is that they they talk too much. They'll tell on themselves. Absolutely. And they'll brag about some horrible, they'll be nice to you, mm-hmm. but they'll brag about some horrible thing that they did to somebody else. Or maybe even the, the real slick ones I've learned to pay attention to are the ones that brag about helping someone who did something horrible to somebody <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. yes.
0: And then they're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, well, you did that? Yep. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you know what? Stay away from me. So, my relationship with God has oh, opened my eyes to that. And Morgan is one of those people where, like, I noticed. I said, "Wow, she's nice to everybody."
1: And Sometimes. that's the key.
2: Mm-hmm. Be
1: nice to the um, it, it, I, You know, I, I I'm nice to the people at CVS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it, 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 I had an incident that um, I learned how not to. I took a class. First Baptist Church of Glenarden have wonderful uh, classes, and I took a class called uh, How to Resolve, Resolving Everyday Conflict.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you learn uh, how that how to do that, practice it, it really saves you from a lot of stress. Yeah, And you will sometimes get favor. Yeah. yeah. You will get favor. I went into CVS and the pharmacist, I had an issue with the meds that he gave me. And we, you know, but I was, he didn't raise his voice and I didn't raise mine. Mm-hmm. I, I said, well, I said, listen, I'm a, I am going to listen to what you have to say, and then you must listen to my point of view.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: quietly, I told him how I felt what mm-hmm. was going on and it was wrong and blah, blah, blah. And he said, he said, you know what? I'm going to handle this. I said, how are you going to handle it? He said, I'm going to redo this and you're going to get it free. Mm-hmm. That was $30 I saved.
3: <laughs> because
1: <laughs> I didn't go in with an attitude. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I, I went in to hear what he had to say. Yeah. And um by me not raising my voice, he was more open to listen. Yeah. yeah. And there were people in the line. He is the pharmacist. So let me talk to him, respect his position. And so I did that. I didn't go in. I'm a customer. And I've been there <laughs> when people do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and you really you get a better answer when you're when you're quiet spoken to people. Yeah. And that I can't, oh my God, I can't begin to tell you mm-hmm. how many things that God has given me. Just about a month ago, I'm standing in the grocery line, man walked up to me. May I pay for your groceries? I wish. $104. <laughs> I said, $104? <$104. laughs> my groceries are $104. <laughs> he was standing. Spencer, he said, I don't know why. But the Holy Spirit said, I need to pay for your groceries. And I kind of looked up at him and I said, I know, let me look at this man here. $104. I said, you know my bills. <laughs> he said, I know what it is. This is quiet. He said, I'll pay for it. I said, and you know me, I'm just him. I'm still got a little bit of, you know, 20 year old in me. (laughs) I said, you sure there's no red tape going on with this? (laughs) (laughs) And he started laughing. He said, no, ma'am. I just want to do something good. And you're the one I chose today.
0: Man, well, I need to go grocery shopping with you now. I'll time. tell you, I went at <laughs> Wagmans, and
1: so I actually asked him. I said, "What church do you attend?" And he said, first Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Well, Of
3: course, he did.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like
0: I said earlier, after church, every black person in you County goes. And
1: I and I I did what Pastor Jenkins says he does. I said, "Uh." what ministries are you in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm the pastor, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And he answered and I
1: said, well, I just want to thank you. He said, you are very welcome. I said, well, can I go? He said, yeah, go. go.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, no I worries. said, I'll
1: see you again. Yeah. And, and so no things like that. And it was just amazing. That's about the 34th time yeah. somebody had paid for my groceries.
0: <laughs> yeah uh we uh when you know when cj for people who don't know my older brother when he got married last year uh we were on our way to the airport down to atlanta and you know it was crazy it was memorial day weekend and oh um, yes we were kind of you know we in a rush to get you know to make our flight and then we were at the baggage check-in and then the guy i forgot what airline we flew but was me my mom my father and we uh were there and the guy was like yeah you know it's like 30 dollars a bag and then so my mom goes oh okay all right and then I had my laptop with me and he was like oh you got to put that in you know a different bag I said oh okay all right and I remember he looked at us and he goes you know what I'll make y'all bags free <laughs> and we said huh and he was like look Y'all are the first people, as long as I can remember, that didn't complain about the baggage fee, and y'all just—I—I I told y'all, y'all said, oh, "Okay, all right." And he made everything free. He goes, "Man, go ahead, and take your laptop with you," <laughs> and like, <clears throat> we didn't give him a problem. But you know, Grandma, this is—we uh, just, on I here. know,
1: we, you and I could just go on and all on and on. Day. on. <laughs> uh, there are so many stories. If I haven't had a, an opportunity to tell you all the great stories and situations like the cvs pharmacists and all that a yeah. lot of those things have been happening to me and my fitness uh, people just give me gifts and yeah i won an award yesterday yes. oh. surprised me. Yeah
3: Yeah. and
1: um so wonderful things are happening and um and i'm so grateful uh, that, they're, that they are happening in your life as well
3: yeah yeah it's
0: uh been a been a very interesting year and a half but i tell you what i was just talking to morgan right before me and you started this conversation i was like you know is is, uh many things that have happened over the last year and a half some bumps some obstacles like pastor jenkins says i'm still here so you know (laughs) i'm i'm still here i did ask god for a reset wasn't the reset i was expecting but like you know it was a reset nonetheless so um, definitely, I appreciate you uh, coming on here, and so people can see just a snippet of how our phone conversations <laughs> are. Well,
1: I just want to say something your your grand your great your grand great grandmother used to tell me, and you mm-hmm. not sign off. We all have problems, but my mother used to tell me, "Mary, life is a fight." Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. It's mm-hmm. a fight, and Jesus, you know, all throughout when you get down you just get back up because he's right there
0: yep and Mm -hmm. that is the thing that keeps me going is every time i get some type of like i said obstacle i'm like all right well let me go ahead and do my side prayer real quick (laughs) (laughs) and then like hopefully something will happen so but definitely appreciate you coming on here and talk. well thank
1: you this is this this is a thrill of my Oh, wow,
0: while to be interviewed by my grandson. Yeah, first my dad, now you. Yes. <laughs> but this was a little bit more detail. For those who don't know, the radio station I work for, I'm a well, NPR station I work for. I'm a producer for a few shows and I had my dad on there talking about his artwork. And now I get to have a real, uh, that had to be a little sense, not censored, but that had to be a little formal because it's the radio. But this, this is my project. I can talk about what I want with who I want, <laughs> want on here alright so, you all right, y'all, thank y'all once again for joining us on another episode of the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, where, as I promised, we talk about today, at least, we talked about very genuine things, <laughs> 100% genuine things. So I definitely appreciate my grandmother coming on here, and I definitely uh, look forward to having another episode because there will be another episode with you and I.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me.
2: My life for all time Mama, mama,
3: you know I love you Mama, just want you to
2: know